2: And welcome to another episode of Do Go On My name is Dave Wanneke and as always I'm sitting here with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins Hey mates Hello friends
0: It is good to be here with you all You
2: are
3: my very best friends (laughs) Why'd you laugh at that? (laughs) I was opening up to you and Uh, you went
0: That was a laugh of affirmation
3: (laughs) That doesn't exist Yeah it
0: does Okay you're gonna tell me what my truth is... <laughs> Sorry, Dave.
3: Sorry you had to witness that. Yeah, I'm feeling very <laughs> uncomfortable. Dave, am I your best friend?
2: Yes. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for downloading this show where we talk about our friendship for a couple of hours. But before we get to that, let me tell you that we are doing some live streams. Basically, we love getting out and about doing live shows, but at the moment... For one reason or another, that is not possible, not in Australia or internationally.
3: Even in Victoria at the moment?
2: Yeah. (laughs) So, we have decided to, once again, uh, do some live shows that we are streaming out live. We can buy a ticket and uh, it's a lot of fun. We've got four of them coming up. The first one is Saturday, July the 18th, midday Melbourne time and the uh, three weekends after that. So, we're doing four of them. You can buy a ticket to all four for the price of three. And you get the, the live show, but also we basically do an hour of the show and then another hour of other stuff. So we're going to do a quiz one week. We'll do a Q&A. We're going to do our 250th episode. And then mm. afterwards, we're going to have a little party with some special guests and uh, some other party fun times.
3: I love parties. You and I were just talking uh, about our favourite type of parties.
2: Yes. Ooh, w- will this be a slumber party? Because that was your favourite type.
3: Yeah, I reckon a slumber. Because you know what I like about a slumber party? Is that for a large percentage of it, you're asleep. Yeah. And I love to sleep.
2: We will be live streaming our sleep.
3: Yes, you can watch us sleep. No, that's creepy. Don't do that.
2: Yeah, please don't watch us sleep. Don't watch us sleep.
3: You don't want to see Dave sleep. <laughs> oh, no. Let me tell you. I'm very restless. <laughs> and My your eyes favorite are awake.
0: party is a political party. <laughs> <laughs> Remember to vote, you guys. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Something I've heard people say.
2: <laughs> uh, so if you want to get uh, tickets to that, it's sospresents.com where there is a direct link in the description of this episode. And uh, we hope to see you there. Well, we won't see you, but you'll see us. But we'll know you're there. I'll wave at you. Oh.
3: But I won't. I'll wave at you. Oh.
0: But I won't. I'll wave at... Let's do the show. (laughs) Jess, how does it work again? I forget. Well,
3: look, we've been doing this for four and a bit years, Matt. Hopefully, you remember (laughs) by now that each week, one of us goes away to our little study hole and researches a topic and then brings it back to the other two, who politely listen but also interrupt a lot. And this week, Matt Stewart has done all of the studying slash research, and as always, he's going to kick it off with a question.
0: And my question is, this week, if you don't mind, let me scroll up to it. wasn't just finishing (laughs) writing some extra info. (laughs) What is the 1968 Olympics 200-metre sprint most famous for?
3: 1968 Olympics. Uh, Two hundred meter sprint. It's
2: the Mexican. It Olympics? is the Mexi- Mexico Mexico City Mexico
0: City Olympics. Uh, is this a certain political salute? It is a certain political salute. Oh.
1: I'll accept
0: that answer because it uh, one of the the main actors in the salute sort of dismisses it. It's often called a black power salute, and he maintains that it was more of a human rights salute.
2: Ah, oh, fantastic!
0: Um, but yeah, it is still you'll. You'll find a lot of articles written about it called a Black Power Salute, but I feel like you've got to take his word for it as um, he was the one who did it. Mm. So he's probably the one who knows more than most. But um, well, let me begin this report. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, it happened on October the 16th, 1968. The US Olympic athletes Tommy Smith and John Carlos stood with their fists in the air during the medal ceremony for the 200 metre sprint this gesture would become front-page news around the world. It was the 1968 Summer Olympics in Mexico City. According to Britannica, the 1968 Olympic Games in Mexico City were the most politically charged Olympics since the 1936 Games in Berlin. Okay.
3: I was going to be like, oh, I reckon there was another. So, (laughs) yep, good to say since then.
0: Yes. (laughs) And there was a lot of stuff going on around uh, this Olympics that, I'm going to list a bunch of things here that would all uh, be very worthy of a full hour and a half report in themselves. Smith and Carlos, the two key players we're talking about, they wanted to use their medal wins to highlight the social issues roiling the United States at the time. According to history.com, racial tensions were at a height and the civil rights movement had given way to the black power movement. African Americans like Smith and Carlos were frustrated by what they saw as the passive nature of the civil rights movement. They sought out active forms of protest and advocated for racial pride, black nationalism, and dramatic action rather than incremental change. Uh, 1968 was already a traumatic year for the United States. The country was deeply divided over the Vietnam War and the civil rights movement. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated only months before the Olympics, as was Senator Robert F. Kennedy. The King assassination led to the Holy Week Uprising with riots and civil unrest in more than 100 US cities. So I mean, I've just sort of like breezed over a few of the biggest moments of the 20th century. Um, I should say we normally uh, mention who suggested the topic. Absolutely. Uh, So this topic was suggested by Jordan Hayden, Ben, Hannah White, Bernard Thomas, Soph Waldron and Miguel Acosta. As
2: always, a fantastic collection of names.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, it's probably something that's been suggested a few times, so it's not surprising to hear a few names there, because it's um, a pretty uh, pretty amazing story.
0: Yes. Did, did you two know much about it?
3: Um, bits and pieces, yeah.
0: I, yeah, I feel like I knew very little. Um, I know the photo, it's iconic.
3: Yes, yep.
0: But uh, the, the backing story, the race itself, I just didn't really know. Oh, well, that's true. Sure. I, really, I
2: don't really think about the, the race that they would just run.
0: Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. I mean, the, weren't they out.
3: first and third or first and second? First and first third. First and third, yep. yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> amazing athletes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, we'll talk about it. really amazing athletes. Yeah, wow. Um, History.com goes on. In the lead-up to the Olympics, Smith and Carlos helped uh, organise the Olympic Project for Human Rights, a group that reflected their black pride and social consciousness. The group saw the Olympic Games as an opportunity to agitate for better treatment of black athletes and black people around the world. Its demands included hiring more black coaches and rescinding Olympic invitations to Rhodesia and South Africa, both of which participated, uh, sorry, practiced apartheid. Though the project initially proposed a boycott of the Olympics altogether, Smith and Carlos decided to compete in the hopes that they could use their achievements as a platform for broader change. Uh, yeah, so that w- there was a long build-up where it looked like uh, black American athletes were going to boycott. Wow. But they um, – yeah, it was – it sounded like that's the way it was going to go for quite a while leading up. And then um, they changed their minds, I think, to with the thoughts that, you know, they'll be on the main stage of the world and they'll maybe be able to get um, – make a bigger stand by attending rather than not. Yeah. It's hard to know what uh, –
3: I'm sure going into an Olympics, you're already sort of putting an insane amount of pressure on yourself, you know, just to, to do well. But then if you're also going to sort of make that kind of statement, you'd re- you'd be putting extra pressure on yourself to do well. Yes. You know? Oh, Getting so what, knocked out in the first round, you're like, ah, oh, fuck.
2: What was the 200-meter sprint? Was that 16 seconds or something? Well, anyway, so it was just under 20 seconds or whatever, or just over 20 seconds. So, how long it takes? Anyway, but it's, <laughs> you just got to stuff up that one time in yes. four years and not make it to the final, and then you're like, "Ah, oh, I was going to use that for my platform." Exactly. Yeah. And now it's gone. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Amazing. Yeah, that's right. I hadn't really thought about yeah. that. The extra pressure on you yeah. there. Yeah. Um, I'm here where- to
3: prove my worth on so many levels.
0: <laughs> yeah. Whereas if you say I'm the best in the world at this, and I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to show you my talents, mm. then you don't even you don't have to. That's that is in some ways the that's the sure thing yeah. statement,
2: and that's what I've done every Olympics.
3: I mean, I would,
2: but yeah. I am the fastest man alive. Yes. I mean,
3: traditionally, the Olympics are, is for amateurs, and I'd hate to, uh, <laughs> I'd hate to overshadow everybody just out there having a go. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd choose think. not to run as well. <laughs> so.
0: Sociologist Harry Edwards had the idea of African American athletes boycotting the games to protest racial inequalities in the United States, and according to the Smithsonian as students at San Jose State University, where Ed, Edwards was teaching, Smith and Carlos took part in, the com- in that conversation. Carlos, born and raised in Harlem, was, quote, an extreme extrovert with a challenging personality, says Edwards, now emeritus professor of sociology at the University of California in Berkeley. Smith, the son of sharecroppers who grew up in rural Texas and California, was a much softer private person, again, according to Edwards. Uh, Smith grew up on a farm and I was, uh, watched this uh, documentary which was made by an Australian man uh, 10 years or so back called Salute and uh, Smith is featured in that um, and he tells story that He he would go to school for 8 hours and work in the fields for 12 hours a day and he's like people are saying that's not possible and he goes look at me I'm telling you I did it it is possible <laughs> brutal um
3: that's not um that's not enough sleep
0: no and that's if, you, like, if you remember
3: that? at the start where i said i love a slumber party
2: that's not enough sleep this guy's not getting invited to slumber parties no
0: <laughs> he told the the story of his um he was asking his daddy we wanted to run and his dad you know his dad's like they were poor they needed need the money they just had to work and um but then he had, there was a teacher at his school that his dad kind of liked who was encouraging him to run. So his dad said he'd give him a chance. He said, you can run, uh, tomorrow, but if you come second, you're back in the field next week. Wow. And Smith was like, so I didn't lose too many races from then on. <laughs> well, so,
2: so he's good at putting the pressure on himself and winning high stakes, right? <laughs> <Yes. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Did that from the very beginning. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Every race is for your career. Uh, Ten days before the opening of the Games, a group of unarmed students gathered to protest in Mexico City's Three Cultures Square. Britannica states that uh, they were there protesting the Mexican government's use of funds for the Olympics rather than for social programs. Apparently quite a few thousand people were there, students unarmed, and despite that, the government sent in bulldozers to disperse them before the army opened fire at the crowd. This is
2: just before an Olympics. Ten
0: days before the Olympics, which is all about coming together coming and together, peace, and, and, and the world's eyes are on that yeah, city. Yeah, exactly. Always. That's um,
3: insane.
0: So, and there, it was a, it was swept under the carpet by the government, and the media didn't really r- know or report on the full extent. Even athletes there didn't know the full extent of it all.
2: Right, because you'd already, been, you know, they get there a couple of weeks beforehand yeah, don't I you? Think
0: they get to acclimatize all that sort of mm. stuff. Uh so apparently the government's official death count was four. But um I've seen other estimates uh suggesting up to three thousand students were massacred. What?
2: They rounded it down to four. Yeah. Fuck,
3: I had never heard that.
0: There's other estimates in between. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, they're sort of like
3: Somewhere between four and three thousand.
0: So you, when you they say this is one of the most politically charged and
1: fuck
3: uh,
0: Olympic Games ever, this just happened just before, and I think in part it was, I'm, the way I sort of read it was the government were like we don't want any, anything um, distracting from our we're putting on a great games we're showing the world how great we are we don't want to see these protests so, yeah, Jesus. It's, um, I would say not the way of going about it. No,
3: it's
0: a big call. I know, but um, these brutal events are said to have deeply affected Carlos and Smith. When Carlos arrived, he um, apart you know apart from that, so he didn't know the full extent. But was still like, oh, this is this is not right. They're just trying to have their say. And, you know, even though they were kind of protesting against the Olympics, they're like they're just suggesting that the government could be spending more money on its mm. own people. Yeah. And h- how do you respond to that? Killing, Killing your own it. people? Yeah, 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 Holy shit. Well, I mean,
3: less people means less money you have to spend on them, so.
0: Fucking hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> when, so when Carlos arrived, he noticed that uh, the route that they were driven into the athlete's village, the Olympic village, was lined with big colourful billboards that were like painted by school children and stuff. And he walked up uh, close to get a look to see what, pass him and he realized that they were just covering the slums and all the cruel poverty that was oh. just behind it babies wrapped in newspaper i think you mentioned and just like like abject poverty behind just sort of papering it over to show the greatest yeah, like actually Olympics
2: papering it. it over wow
0: yeah Jeez. so it was i mean all that's grim and like i say that probably deserves its own report in itself um that massacre, and but um, that's just the backdrop of these games. So at these uh, games, the nineteen sixty eight games, one hundred twelve countries were represented uh, by around five and a half thousand athletes it's from Britannica. The high elevation of Mexico City at seven and a half thousand feet was both a benefit and a hindrance to track and field competitors. The sprinters and field athletes thrived in the thin air. For instance, Americans. Bob Beeman in the long jump and Lee Evans in the 400-meter run shattered world records. And Dick Fosbury won the high jump with his revolutionary Fosbury flop technique. Oh, yeah. I didn't I didn't realize that was so recent. I, I always pictured that to be like in the 20s or something.
3: I I, would, I asked in a – I was hosting trivia with some friends the other day and one of my questions was in which sport would you perform a Fosbury flop? <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I was also talking about this with my – parents the other day and it turns out my auntie's father uh was one of the coaches at the 68 olympics right in athletics and because of the altitude in he when they sort of were going into their hotel rooms he was like everyone has to take the stairs that was him neville yeah no, no 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 No. not the
0: head coach guy no
3: he wasn't a head coach
0: because oh, in that documentary, Neville told it like it was him, but it was really your uncle. And
3: it may well have been.
0: You dog, Neville.
3: No, I mean, this is like a third-hand story my right. mum's telling. But, yeah, telling them to take the stairs so they get used to the altitude and they couldn't make it three or four flights. Four flights, yeah. yeah.
0: So they, um, These are
3: elite athletes. They can't take the
0: stairs. Because Australia, didn't. we don't have any altitude high enough to do a training camp. So, they just weren't used to it at all. Whereas some of the other countries like America have places they could go in their own country and train for a bit beforehand. But, yeah, the Australians were pretty shattered by by the sounds of it. (laughs) How tall was this building? Yeah. God, I can't breathe up
3: here.
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, The 200-meter sprint is best remembered for the protests on the podium, but it was a remarkable event regardless. Uh, this is from sportsreference.com Coming into the year, Tommy Smith was considered the best 200-meter runner But John Carlos had won the Olympic trials in an unratified world record of 19.7 seconds Oof. It was not accepted because his shoes had too many spikes They weren't up to code at too that point Too many spikes? Yeah, they were a new kind of, I think they were brush soles or something They were, had just had a different kind of thing that hadn't been okayed
2: Interesting They also
0: have rockets? Rockets, yes each spike was a rocket.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Too many rockets. You're allowed four.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, yeah, five. That's why yeah.
0: Astro Boy was disqualified <laughs> that year. Robbed. <laughs> uh, Smith had won the AAU, which I think is the Amateur Athletic Union, in 67 and 68, while Carlos was a 1967 Pan American champion. So, they were two athletes at the top of their games, mm. and they were sort of neck and neck in terms of who was who was the best. Um Smith was the current ratified world record holder with a time of 20 seconds flat, uh, which he achieved in Sacramento in 1966, uh, the same year that my football team, the St Kilda Saints, won the VFL Premiership. They won and only VFL Premiership. Wow, is there any, premiership. any relation between the events? Uh, no, unfortunately not. Um, I would would have loved for Smith to have... Been recruited by the Saints. I reckon he, he would have it. definitely added a bit of zip off the half-back yeah. line. Need
2: a bit of speed in there. Bit of zip. <laughs> get him in. Oh, fastest man in the world. Tell bit you what, we zip. need a bit of zip. <laughs> who, who could we get? Well, oh, I could try the fastest <laughs> man in the world. Yeah, get him on the blower. <laughs>
3: <laughs> such a dumb get him on the blower. <laughs>
0: Why so,
3: do we call phones blowers? Blowers. I don't get that. That'd be
0: a thing. I, I reckon like originally you had to blow them to... They were like that was how they were powered. <laughs> Who are you blowing? The phone. The operator. You had to blow the operator and then they'd dial. All
2: right, all right.
3: Who do you want to call? A <laughs> deal's a deal. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Get them on the blowy is what it used to be. <laughs> so at this point, no one had officially broken the twenty-second mark. Oh, yeah. right. there you go. All right.
2: So that's that's bloody quick, isn't it? Some
0: had done it obviously just with, with rocket shoes.
3: Nineteen point seven. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, like... I I could do it in 30 breaking seconds. Breaking 10 seconds for 100 metres is super fast. Doing it twice in a row. Yeah. Also very fast. Um, <laughs> there were 50 competitors split up across the seven heats. John Carlos won his heat in 20.54 seconds. That was the first heat. Then Tommy Smith was in the second heat. He broke the Olympic record in his heat, winning in 20.37 seconds. <sighs> Uh, that newly set record was then broken in the sixth heat by Australian Peter Norman in twenty point one seven seconds, well, uh, which is his personal record. He'd never run that fast before. I think there's. It sounds wow. like uh, reading between the lines of it. It sounds like for longer distance runners, the a high altitude made it harder. But for the sprinters, some reason made it maybe it helped hmm. them a bit. But he's also said that the track over there he wasn't used to running on that back home he'd run on grass and stuff and then over there this stuff it was called Tartan and he's like, every step it felt like I was getting an extra four inches. It was just, like, it felt like it was bouncing it off. Was it
2: was springy. He was on a rocket
0: track. was
3: like, oh, wait, is this a trampoline track <laughs> or something? This is crazy. It's
0: like when you're at the airport and you're walking
2: really fast on that on the <laughs> yeah. travelator. Yeah, you feel like a god. <laughs> yeah, but oh. you just
3: you're just walking normally, but you're just passing normal walkers. Yeah, go on, see you later, <laughs> suckers. This is what you say. See you Bolt in the gate. must feel. <laughs>
2: You realise that? Oh, I'm going past the gate and I can't get off. I got to back. I got to double back. Yeah, you're going too fast.
3: Back her up. <laughs> you trying to climb off the side
2: <laughs> with your bag?
3: Yeah. Help me! <laughs> help me, normal
2: walkers. <laughs> Look, I, know, I know I just made fun of you, but I need your help.
3: Help me! <laughs> That's funny.
2: Uh, but I love that this guy said so, because you would have thought that. What You're used to training, and if you went to something different, it would be bad for your routine.
0: Yeah, he's gone.
3: This is amazing. <laughs> this sounds great.
0: So, I think his best before then was about 20.5, so he's knocked a big chunk off. Big chunk, I mean, record.
3: a big chunk, and also no time at all, you know, like in running. Yeah, sure, but it's fractions of a second. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's right. But yeah, it's wild. He's he, no one had run that fast in the Olympics ever before. Wow, wild. Um, Another Australian was also in amongst it. Greg Lewis won Heat 7 in a time of 20.71 seconds. That's the last I'll mention of him. But I just thought, just in case Greg Lewis's uh, grandson is a listener, I'd throw him a bone.
3: What about his granddaughter?
0: No, not for her.
2: Not for her.
0: (laughs) Or granddaughter. Look, to be honest, I haven't looked up his family tree. What about
3: great-great-grandchildren?
0: Yeah. yep. They are all all invited. Yep. To get a real thrill.
3: What about his nieces and nephews, yes. or nibblings, I should say?
0: Any of the nibbles, nibblings, very fun.
3: So cute.
0: Uh, according to history.com, Norman was a working-class boy from Melbourne, uh, the very city we're in right
3: Melbourne, now. Melbourne, Melbourne. He was Melbourne. born
0: in 1942. He was uh, born in Coburg. Wow, no. I've been Just there. Up the road from Studio Studios. Uh, Though he was poor, this is still from History.com, though he was poor growing up, Norman was an extraordinarily fast runner and learned to race on spikes that his father, a butcher, borrowed due to lack of funds. In 1960, the teenager burst onto the national running scene as a junior, winning his first major title in Victoria. From then on, he became a major contender in Australia and track and field, powerful sprinter. His specialty was his finishes, an area... In which some short course runners falter. Apparently, his starts are real bad. Finishes were real great. <laughs> he, um, I mean,
2: like Jess said, it's so minimal. I mean, yeah. most of a hundred or two hundred meter sprint, it's all the same thing.
0: Yeah, imagine if you uh, fix up your starts, Peter. Yeah, come on. He's he's he, that's different. where you lose a lot of time. Yeah, it's already like breaking Olympic records. He, um, so he was doing a bit of athletics, and he got into running a bit by accident. Uh, the relay team was one man short so they and apparently the story goes that he him and his mate were asked is either of you want to just um, fill in on the relay team he was doing high jumper and shot put at that time long jump and uh, he goes yeah i'll be up for it and they're like the three guys are there they'll have you in front and you just have to run to the finish line and win the win the race but th- they'll be smashing it but apparently there was a bit of a fumble in the first baton changeover so he was a, a while a little while back and he just flew home and won the race for him.
2: And he was what, one of the best on whole track. And he'd never
0: run before. Uh, yeah, which is which should have been a funny thing to realise.
2: I used to do the
3: relay, but they, I never went first or third because I didn't like running around the corner.
0: Oh right, <laughs>
3: just the straights just straight. for me, thanks. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's true. So second or fourth is fourth traditionally the fastest person. Is that yeah. right? That's what you're saying. Bolt is
0: right. Yeah, right. That's, yeah. yeah fourth is home. your fastest. So yeah, that's it's funny that you had that you had the power though to make that demand. So was, you're obviously a powerful runner. I as was well. fast. Yeah. In the quarterfinals, Smith, Carlos, and Norman all won their heats, moving on to the semifinals. Tommy Smith won his semifinal, again breaking the Olympic record. This time in twenty point one four seconds. So it's, uh, the Olympic record has been broken. Multiple times already. It's awesome. Before John Carlos broke it once more <laughs> in his semi-finals, so I think that's four times it's been. Each of those three guys have had it at least once broken um, so far. Peter Norman finished in a close second place uh, with a time of twenty point two two, so point 0.1 seconds slower. Right.
2: And is this still in semi? Semis? So
0: that's semis. Yeah. So they've all qualified now for the final. Which makes sense because we know that um, they're on the podium at the end. So Hmm. it'd be wild for them to not qualify. Uh, That's how good he is. (laughs) Unfortunately for Smith, though. (laughs) Someone else
3: dropped out. He ran onto the podium. (laughs) He was
2: there. (laughs) I've never run an Olympic final before, but all right. Uh I reckon I can give it a try. I'll give it a go. They're like,
0: the other guys will get you in front. (laughs) You (laughs) just have to run
2: to the finish line. (laughs) Oh, my God, he's got a medal.
0: (laughs) Unfortunately for Smith, he pulled an abductor muscle during his semi-final. Th- I've never even heard of that muscle. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's that? Jess, you're the weights person. That's it. It? up don't know. up high in the leg, I think. Oh, yeah. Abductor.
3: I think so. Are
0: they? I don't think I've got one.
3: <laughs> no, I don't think you do, mate.
0: So he was still able to run in the final, but I mean obviously that's a bit of a blow for the who would be the favourite going to the race. I mean pulling a muscle in le- your leg when you're a runner. <laughs> And your race is the next day for the final. Oh, no. Uh, but he was still able to run in the final. He had to do so, though, with his thigh wrapped. I'm guessing that's where the abductor is then. Yeah, it's right. Uh, it's
3: like in your groin.
0: Yeah. Oh, right. That's, that explains it. I don't have a You don't? Yeah. I don't have a groin. Your your body skips from your belly it's kind <laughs> to your of, knees. Yeah, it's You're sort of a, it's
2: groin and,
3: and into your thigh a bit. Right. Oh, it depends. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That feels like or, a pretty
0: important running muscle, though, does it?
3: Uh, yeah, because uh, the abductor that, is used to pull a body part away from the midline of the body. So, for example, they they the abduct abductor muscles of the legs spread the legs away from the midline. So that yeah, they're like your your pelvis kind of area. Right. Probably quite. Sore if you're running on that Oh
0: so that would be super painful Anyway the stage for an epic final showdown was set There was a false start uh, Which I guess built up the tension even more It was a hotly anticipated race Uh, The Australian commentator who was over there Tony Carlton remarked This is the hottest 200 metre field ever assembled at the Olympic Games
3: that's cool. So they're all babes too? Yeah, super wow. hot field. Ah, Look, awesome. Check
0: out his rig. Oh
3: my God. They're
0: all like, if you don't run that fast, you can certainly walk the catwalk. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I'd like to see your um, adapter muscle.
3: A new rule this year, boys, Um got to run topless. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I just came in on the, on the wall. Um, what's that? What's
3: that? I'm just getting a word in. Yeah, everyone's got to turn their tops off. Yeah. Sorry about
0: that. We've got these new special... G-string running shorts. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, fellas.
3: Can keep your shoes on, obviously, but uh, tops do have to go. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm afraid this event has been upgraded to a biathlon, and uh, you will now have to uh, run the race and then do
0: a swimsuit competition, <laughs> and uh, the average of that will win the gold medal. <laughs> we'll get you. Just get you in these white t-shirts. <laughs> uh, ooh, sorry, ooh, oh, sorry. Oh, the, lo- lo- this lo- hose this... has gone crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't turn it off. Ooh, ooh.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: so the race had to restart after a false start. The second start, everyone got away clean. Carlos was leading the field around the bend by a solid meter and a half. He was flying. He got out of the blocks great, and um, but then the last fifty meters, Smith accelerated, <gasps> as as did Norman. And Smith flew out to a two and a half meter lead. Whoa! <laughs> even on, on one and a half legs, and even though he slowed down and raised his arms to celebrate the win as he crossed the line, he still finished in a new world record time of nineteen point eight three seconds.
2: Oh wow! World we'll record with a dodgy abductor muscle. And dodgy celebrating abductor. too early. He, yeah, you
0: see at the <laughs> end, he like he'll he sort of he slows over the last few paces, so he could have smashed it by even further. Uh, Norman flew home. To finish second in twenty point he flew 06. back
3: to Australia. <laughs> he
0: flew home
3: <laughs> to celebrate. <laughs> to celebrate, <laughs> but he forgot to go mid race the He lines.
0: forgot to go past the finish line and was <laughs> disqualified.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so he comes second,
0: and he just pipped Carlos, who finished in twenty point one seconds. Uh, you can see at the end, Carlos sort of looks to his left and he sees Smith passing and Mrs. Norman coming uh. down the other side. Uh, Amazingly, the first four runners, including 4th place Edwin Roberts from Trinidad and Tobago, who finished in a time of twenty point three four seconds, all had the, beaten the Olympic record Smith had set in his first heat the day before. Whoa! So it was just like it was just a hot race, super fast. Everyone was babing, no tops. Oh wow! Oh,
3: God, the dream. I'd commentate that Olympics. Let me tell you. <laughs>
0: So, that, so the race in itself, which you just never hear about, was um, <laughs> amazing in itself. Mm. World record, like beating quite a... Uh, like those markers, like the 20-second marker. Oh, yeah, beating no that ever got under yeah, that. Yeah, it's, um, it's, yeah it's, it's pretty amazing that that's never talked about at the same time. Uh. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. were ready to make their iconic protest. But it wasn't just raising their glove fists. Their protest included many symbols. According to History.com, as the athletes waited to go to the podium, Carlos and Smith told Norman that they planned to use their win as an opportunity to protest. Smith and Carlos decided to appear on the podium bearing symbols of protest and strength. Black socked feet without shoes to bring attention to black poverty, beads to protest lynchings, and raised black-gloved fists to represent their solidarity and support with black people and oppressed people around the world. This is from the Washington Post. The protest had been something the athletes planned carefully. Everything captured in the photo held a special significance. Smith and Carlos had walked slowly to the stand as if in mourning, their hands clasped behind their backs, each holding a running shoe. They walked across the grass of the stadium in black stocking feet. They had taken off their shoes specifically to protest poverty in the United States. To protest the lynchings of black people, they wore a scarf and beads. Quote, I looked at my feet in the high socks and thought about all the black poverty I'd seen from Harlem to East Texas, Carlos wrote in his 2011 book written with Dave Zirin, The John Carlos Story. I fingered my beads and and thought about the pictures i'd seen of the strange fruit swinging from the poplar trees in the south they bowed respectfully as the olympic official placed their medals around their necks but when the anthem began to play they lowered their heads to protest the hypocrisy of a country that proclaimed to uphold freedom and human rights around the world but neglected to protect the rights of black americans carlos unzipped his olympic jacket in defiance of olympic etiquette but in support of quote, all the working class people, black and white, in Harlem, who had to struggle and work with their hands all day. Carlos had deliberately covered up the USA on his uniform with a black t-shirt to, quote, reflect the shame I felt that my country was travelling at a snail's pace towards something that should be obvious to all people of goodwill. Then the anthem started and we raised our fists into the air. When Smith thrust his fists into the air, the crowd fell silent. Carlos and Smith recalled later that they knew it by openly defying Olympic rules, there would be repercussions. So I, that's an. I mean, I know the photo, I knew the the fists and the gloves, mm-hmm. but I knew nothing of all, like no, that was so... I've really thought about the, everything. Yeah, every little element. So they were wearing the black socks through the whole meet as well. Yep. Um. And yeah, but it's just like so symbolic, every little element of it. And because of the backlash... That we're going to talk about soon. They never really got to explain a lot of that stuff at the time. So um, yeah, and the media really seemed to railroad it as if they were they were just troublemakers and misusing the Olympics, which is about coming together for po- politics. Mm. But they didn't really ever get to explain, or, or at least their message was uh, didn't seem to get through. Um, that they, I mean, uh, what they were talking about was. It was highlighting negative things, but it was doing it in a pretty positive kind of way.
2: Yeah. It was almost like, a, like an art piece. Like yeah. I thought about every little detail yeah. of it.
0: Yeah. Before heading out to the ceremony, Carlos realized that he'd left his gloves back at the accommodation at the Olympic... Uh, what do you call it? The Olympic Village. Village. This is when it was suggested that he take one of Smith's gloves. This is why in the photo you'll notice that Smith is raising his right fist and Carlos is raising his left fist. They each had um, one of Smith's gloves. That's something I never noticed either, which is... uh, To me, it sort of adds something to the story as well. It's kind of... Yeah. Norman, the Australian who came second, he asked if he could be involved in the protest. And according to History.com, Carlos and Smith suggested he wear a badge for the Olympic Project for Human Rights that they were involved in. And they'd all been... A lot of the members of the American team were wearing these badges. Uh, They didn't have a spare one, though. Norman said he was keen to. But they didn't have a spare one. So before the ceremony... Carlos got one off an American rower, Paul Hoffman, who was walking by. Hmm. <laughs> the way they tell the story and salute was that um, Carlos sort of shook his hand with his right hand and with his left hand, unpicked the badge <laughs> and t- took it off without him knowing. But they also talked to Hoffman in it and he, he said he was, he was stoked to be handing it over to Norman. <laughs> this is from History.com. Australia was experiencing racial tensions of its own. For years, it had been governed by its white Australia policy, which dramatically limited immigration to the country by non-white people. While the Australian government welcomed new residents from predominantly white areas like the Baltics, it regularly turned down non-European migrants. In 1966, you the Saints won the premiership. (laughs) (laughs) Did you say that? uh, No, I actually didn't (laughs) say that. Sorry, that was just sort of muscle memory kicking in. (laughs) Uh, In 1966, the government made the first steps towards abolishing the policy, but its effects reverberated throughout Australia. Non-Australians weren't the only people discriminated against. Aboriginal Australians, too, were historically oppressed in the country, which forced Aboriginal children into boarding schools while removing others from their families and placing them with white households, Um, which is now known as the Stolen Generations. Norman supported his fellow Olympians protest in part because of the intolerance he had witnessed in Australia. Australia was not a crucible of tolerance. notes Steve George, a sports study specialist from Australia, Norman, a teacher and guided by a Salvation Army faith took part in the black power salute because of his opposition to racism and the white Australian policy. Leading up to the games, there was a lot of talk about potential protests and there was already talk about violent backlash. According to the salute documentary about Peter Norman's involvement in the protest, the three men feared for their lives as they walked out to the podium. Death threats had been flying for weeks, and it was rumored that gunmen might be in the crowd ready to cut down anyone who despoiled the games with an anti-racist protest. Isn't that wild, so that was something going through their heads, even just walking out there like they might be.
3: I was just thinking before that like it takes a lot of guts to to make that kind of statement on such a public platform. But, yeah, adding that there had been death threats and, and already violence and anger, that is, fuck, that so is crazy.
2: Imagine being in the crowd and seeing that being like, this just isn't the Olympics. I know, I'll make this right. I'll shoot one of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. what? It's all about, the games are about humanity. Then I'll
3: be the hero. Yeah, celebrating
2: humanity is the whole sense. thing.
0: As Smith and Carlos stood with their heads bowed and their fists raised the american national anthem played but the stadium fell quiet smith later recalled that you could hear a pin drop wow or as carlos would write the stadium became eerily quiet for a few seconds you honestly could have heard a frog piss on cotton <laughs> <laughs>
3: Both beautiful yeah. <laughs> sayings we all use all the time,
2: so... And uh, and then I actually did hear
0: that, so...
3: My God, you could hear a piss... You could hear a frog piss on cotton in here. I
0: think, yeah, that probably... I didn't really thought about that, but that probably shows you the two different characters. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Smith is... here a pin drop. Carlos, frog pissing on cotton. Um... Then he said, uh, there's something awful about hearing 50,000 people go silent. Piss on
3: cotton, yeah. That is (laughs) not a nice sound. Oh, yeah, that would be so unnerving. 50,000 people go quiet. That is terrifying. He
0: said it was like being in the eye of a hurricane. So, Norman's standing at the front. They're all facing in a single file looking towards the American flag. So, Norman, he knew what they were going to do. Mm -hmm. And he said, even without seeing them, he knew they were doing it because of the way the crowd Reacted wow. in
2: that way Right And You know how often These days Because uh, You know I've only ever watched Modern Olympics Like in my lifetime Of course Often there's so many events Going on at the same time That they may have Like a Like a yeah. ceremony Going on by the long jump mark. And you said It's one of the It was one of the Hotly talked about events
0: Yeah
3: And the hot content yeah. yeah
2: Everyone stopped
3: Oof What's going on over there <laughs> Don't Never mind the Fosby flop <laughs> <laughs> there's something in that
2: yeah no fosby flops here <laughs> look at that
3: i'm fosby rock hard
2: <laughs> but i just want to point out those athletes not their value
3: not their value, not their value.
0: <laughs> but they were absolutely hot
3: a great habit to get into it's <laughs> not, not your value but you're gorgeous
0: uh so the fifty thousand people totally silent Amazing. for a moment Wow. But then, according to History.com, the stadium burst into racist sneers and angry insults. No. Um, yeah. But the
3: stadium is made up of people from all over the world. Yeah. Right?
0: So, I, I, I imagine that it wouldn't have been 50,000 people. I imagine it would have been... sounds like um, it was enough to cut through.
3: Fuck. That's awful.
0: In the press conference after the event, Smith stated that when he wins... He's just an American. But if he does something bad, then his race is brought into it. Mm. Uh, We are black and we're proud of being black, he said. Black America will understand what we did tonight. According to a BBC report at the time, within a couple of hours, the actions of the two Americans were being condemned by the International Olympic Committee. A spokesperson for the organization said it was a deliberate and violent breach of the fundamental principles of the Olympic spirit. It is widely expected the two will be expelled from the Olympic Village and sent back to the US. I don't, to me, it just doesn't... I don't, I don't... I mean, at a different time, but I think even now they're not... Athletes aren't allowed to make such statements. But to me, it just... I, yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. I mean, the Olympics is always... It's always p- political because people
2: don't go to certain con- countries, don't go to other countries because they've got... Issues yep. With yeah. that with other countries. They've got beef. Yeah, they,
0: they've got beef, you know. Governments bid for it and fund them and it's all very political. It's very political, yeah. A lot like of manoeuvring behind the scenes, yeah. It feels like one of the most political things there is. But uh, often when you hear people say, we don't like you getting political at sport, and it happens in the AFL a lot. People, what I think they mean is, we don't like you getting political with things I disagree with. Mm. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it's be quite frustrating in the AFL. People like the AFL often back some sort of a positive, what seemingly to me, positive cause. And there'll be always people on online, footy fans supposedly saying, just can't we just play, stick to footy, try winning the game, stop getting distracted. Mm. But they never, they don't talk about that in, you know, if like uh, there's a Saints game, the Maddies match where they're p- raising funds for medical research, but if, if it's to raise yeah. um, uh, the Saints also play a pride game, which is about respecting everybody, that one's political. Yeah. You know what, yeah. what? If it's just play footy, why aren't you saying that for all? You're not saying that during the last post before the Anzac yeah, Day game. Like there's yeah, an yeah. Anzac Day
3: game every year. Let's not make this political.
0: So it's, it's a bit frustrating and it just it seems like that's a, just a long-term thing. That's just my cuck opinion. Mm. Um, so they expect. So that article where it was said they were widely expected to be expelled from the Olympic Village, sent back to the U.S. That was written at the time, and they were right. That's what happened. Really. Um, in the salute documentary, uh, one of the American um, who would have been the one on the American Olympic um, committee, he's like, I, I'm not making that call. Mm. He, if he's getting pressure from the IOC to do that and he's like, I'm not doing it. If you wanna do it, you do it, but don't put that onto us And then they said if they don't if you don't expel them I think this is what he said, if you don't expel them the whole American team's expelled.
3: What are you talking about? That just wouldn't have happened. Actually, no, that surely. would be Australia's dream because if the Americans are out, we can actually win some gold yeah, medals. Get us in there. That's why Commonwealth Game is our time to shine.
0: It used to be until yeah, the so Brits got, got good again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, they started right. caring They'll about dip. sport again ten years ago. They'll Damn dip.
3: it. <laughs> it's but, our only chance to win basketball, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, well, top four in the Olympics three different times. The gays, led boomers.
3: Andy, Andy Gaze, that beautiful man. What a layup! What a head of hair!
0: What a babe! Yeah, he's a babe. Mm. Go topless, (laughs) Gazey.
3: Shirts and skins, Gazey's skins. (laughs) That's me playing one on one with him. (laughs) Imagine me trying to take on Andrew Gaze. Just hey, he was holding
0: the ball just above your head. Just a
3: little bit of uh, friendly one on one. Hey, let's play horse. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, it's not pants off, Casey <laughs> Playing horse Assume he's got a big big dick I assume that's right, yeah Look at that
3: <laughs> Don't you dare <laughs>
0: uh, So, yes, yeah, so um, that's exactly what happened They they were kicked out um, This is from History.com Smith and Carlos were rushed from the stadium Suspended by the US team And kicked out of the Olympic Village for turning their medal ceremony into a political statement, they went home to the United States only to face serious backlash, including more death threats.
3: Fucking hell!
0: Um,
3: so, to the like you know, you work so hard for so long, and then you win gold and bronze at the Olympics. You don't even get a second to appreciate that. And I know that's not that's not the most important thing to them in everything that's happening but at the same time it's just like you've just done something truly remarkable and you don't even get a second to to celebrate that yes that's mental. yeah
0: i mean and and I've, s- I've seen a few people say this um and, and possibly in the documentary as well it's like they they won they deserve the right to celebrate that however they like yeah they've got their, they've got admitted on the podium why can't, like, why can't they quietly do a protest trying to bring attention to what they see as injustice? Yeah. It just feels...
3: They weren't being violent. They weren't being you know, aggressive at all. Yeah. You're right. They just lifted their hands up.
2: You should be allowed to do it every one in that minute. Like If you <gasps> want to do a magic trick or something out there... <laughs> yeah. Close-up magic? Yeah, that's yeah, you. the cameraman, bring him in. Bring him in. <laughs> bring got him. a deck of cards. <laughs> yeah, make the gold medal disappear. Yeah. I'd <laughs> deck everyone. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to prank someone... That's your thing. Yeah, I'd that's prank. your minute. You've, I'd do a prank. You've and if, so
0: if you're if you finish first, you can dack second and third. <laughs> yeah. Second can dack third.
3: Yep. And then I'll second deck can't s- dack first. <laughs> no. First can dack anyone. <laughs> yeah. the third,
0: Third's not dacking anyone. They're decking themselves. Third can dack the the noble person who yep. gives it to him, like the third baron of. Yeah. This one was a Viscount or something They could have dacked him
3: And then oh. there's always somebody else That follows that person With a little plate that holds the medal And maybe some flowers They're dacked Yeah they're dacked <laughs> You better
0: believe you better... they're dacked Dacked
3: <laughs> 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 I'm number one <laughs> Dacked ya. But they're
0: all aware That they'll probably get dacked Because that's what becomes popular <laughs> You can do anything And then all of a sudden The new tradition is Everyone's being dacked So all the dignitaries Are always wearing Some really strongly waistbanded yeah, they Boxer got, shorts Yeah they've
3: put their their belt very tight that day yep. but I'm uh, my aim is as many people in one minute as I can so oh. I'm off the podium da, da, da. I'm running as fast as I can just dacking everyone inside and they can't resist
0: <laughs> like one of those world record attempts that you see on the TV shows like how many um, watermelons can your head button in a <laughs> row and they line them all up and you're just dacking down the line fro, frro, fro, fro,
2: fro. <laughs> it's amazing uh, Jessica Perkins has now broken an Olympic record for the most dacks in one minute she's done it <laughs> ladies and gentlemen she's done it.
0: But then they realise that you've got too many spikes on your shoes <laughs> yeah. And it is unratified oh, It's a
2: rocket decking.
3: Would you get extra points for getting the undies as well? Or is that a is that the answer
0: no, no. I think you'd okay. get disqualified. Because
3: it takes more art to just get the pants. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: no one no one's out there looking to see cock and ball. Yeah. Or just, have I mean, their cock and ball shown. Just jocks. I yeah. mean, Channel Seven's bid for the rights. They don't want to <laughs> show that.
3: Yeah, you're right. Too too hard to blur live. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, especially with once you're through. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Do we have blur for sixty people? Honestly, there is there is not enough screen left that is not to be blurred because I've jacked
0: them all. They'd be aware of that too, so they'd probably have to shoot from behind.
3: Yeah, just bums.
0: Because bums are there's different levels of nudity, right? Yeah, or nudity.
2: Nudity.
0: (laughs) Nudity. Anyway, sorry. What a silly derail. (laughs) But
2: but they, I agree with the documentary. They should they're allowed to do whatever they want. Yeah, they especially they've... if it's a quiet protest, it's not violent, or not inciting any hatred or anything. It's just quietly pointing out there's
0: a a few changes that maybe should be made. Yeah. Smith and Carlos still talk about that. Now they're like they, you know, there's the there's been modern protests and they're like as long as as long as it's respectful, it's not vulgar I don't mm. know. So maybe they won't like the dacking idea. But who was
3: the guy who came out of the Big Brother house and he put
0: tape? The boy with tape on his face. Yeah, he put tape, he tape over his mouth.
3: <laughs> that was a harmless protest. Yeah, he didn't get. Well, he had already been evicted from the Big Brother house, so I suppose he did get sent so, home. So, what,
2: so, so for our overseas listeners, a, might not remember that iconic moment. So he'd gone into the Big Brother house, and they they search you before you go in to make sure I don't know, to make sure you're not bringing anything that they don't want you to into, into the house. Some he, sort of decking gloves yeah. or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> but he'd uh, taped inside his T-shirt, I believe, like a piece of paper that said, like, free the refugees. Right. And then when he was in the – he got evicted and he usually did the interview with the host. He comes out, tape over his mouth, and then he just sat there and – uh
0: Held the sign. His
3: name is Merlin.
0: Merlin. Oh, wow.
3: <laughs> how can we forget
0: that? Merlin. Merlin. What a great name. Wow. Holy moly. Gretel's like... Hey, you should have been doing close-up magic.
2: <laughs> Merlin, when are you going to do these tricks? You promised <laughs> it. He's like, oh, I don't do magic. We booked you, <laughs> we booked you for the magic, <laughs> Merlin. <laughs> You've been in the Big Brother house for two months. So you haven't done a single trick.
3: That's how you were evicted. The other, the other uh, people in the house were just getting bored oh, of you. God
0: damn it. So.
3: I guess what I'm saying is, did they think of just doing that?
0: Well, it hadn't happened yet. So they weren't. Uh, the Merlin influence, because everyone protests that way now. Yeah, obviously. It's in the Merlin way. Do they do it the Merlin how. way? Mm. Um, but, so, yeah, this, I, I keep coming back to this. The two two of the fastest men of all time had just uh, competed in this amazing meet breaking multiple records, each of them breaking the Olympic record, finishing with Tommy Smith breaking the world record, and then they go home to America where they should be heroes for multiple reasons, at, at least just for running real fast, but yeah. also for standing up for for equality and whatnot, but instead they, they go home for death threats. The Smithsonian writes that among the fallout for Smith and Carlos, this uh, columnist named Brent Musburger... Dubbed them black-skinned stormtroopers, like villains.
2: What does that mean? Oh, villains, okay.
0: Yeah, it almost sounds like a a positive thing.
3: What was his name?
0: Brent Musburger.
3: Brent Musburger.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Apparently, he would gain fame as a TV sportscaster, but was then a columnist for the Chicago American newspaper. Uh, And they also got a lot of anonymous death threats. The Pressure, Carla says was a factor in his then-wife's suicide in
1: 1977. (gasps) No. One
0: minute everything was sunny and happy. The next minute was chaos and crazy, he says. Smith recalls, I had no job and no education and I was married with a seven-month-year-old son. Um, This is from the Salute documentary. Smith returned from the Olympics destitute. As the holder of 11 world records, the only employment he could find was manual labor washing cars. What? He later recalled, and this is from the doco as well, I got fired because of my belief in equality. My boss said, if you don't stop this trashy talk you've been doing, you won't have a job. Eleven time, He's a holder of 11 world records.
3: Talking and, about equality and being like, oh, that's enough. I
0: mean, he's
3: not a conspiracy theorist, you know?
0: Yeah. But
2: <laughs> I just He to doesn't how- believe in 5G is causing coronavirus. Mate, if you don't stop banging on about Flat Earth, I'm going to have to get someone else in. <laughs> Yeah. We sell globes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you keep convincing people <laughs> not to buy not globes. To buy.
3: You're ruining business. That makes sense. That makes sense.
0: I think I'm um in the in the Docker was also mentioned they were um they weren't allowed to compete anymore as well. What? The Olympic body ban, I think. That's just
3: one I, they've just won first and third at the Olympics. They are the best you have.
0: None of it makes sense to me. So if I'm focusing on the negatives no, uh, no, no. too much, but it is it is all of this is pretty mind-blowing to me. But I I love to you, you go back you hear them in multiple interviews they say no regrets, they do it the same again. Yeah, and, wow. Uh that's kind of heartening.
3: They're very strong people.
0: Um uh, in Salute, Carlos remembered that his brothers were discharged from the army two days after the protest. What? And they were like, well, what happened? And they go down and they're like, what did you do? Isn't that doesn't that doesn't make any sense to doesn't me.
3: Doesn't make any sense. It's got nothing to do
2: with them.
0: Yeah. But uh, it's,
3: that's just it. It's just, it's just out of spite. It's just fuck you and fuck everyone.
0: How dare you stand up? Exactly.
3: How dare you disagree? So we're just going to ruin everything. And it's just out of spite. There's no, there's no logical purpose to it.
0: Um, according to Smithsonian, Smith earned a bachelor's degree in social science from San Jose State in 1969 and a master's in sociology from Goddard Cambridge graduate program in social change in Boston in 1976. After teaching and coaching at Oberlin College in Ohio, he settled in Southern California, where he taught sociology and health and coached track at Santa Monica College. This sounds like he um, he sort of put it all to one side as much as he could and lived wow. a, what it sounds like kind of a a nice life. And he's still he's still kicking. He's still living it. Uh, he's retired now, though. According to BlackPast.org, after graduating from San Jose State in 1968. Uh, he played wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a f- little fun fact. You know, I was saying that Sorry, he'd, he'd offer a bit of zip for the Saints. Yeah. Well, he did that for the Cincinnati Bengals wow. in the NFL. Uh, and then that's before he went to coach uh, Oberlin College in Ohio and, and become a teacher. As for Carlos, Black Pass says, after graduating from San Jose State in 1970, Carlos briefly played professional football himself with the Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> in wow. the NFL. And then the Montreal Alout Alou alute- alu- how did, what's that? It's a french top. Alouettes? Alouettes. Alouettes. Alouette, Alouette that
3: mean?
0: No idea. Oh, well anyway, that's who he played for the Montreal Alouettes and the Toronto Argonauts, which is fun. What's an Argonaut? Those people that hang out with Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I assume they so, I always thought some sort of I astronaut. Don't get I mean it. what do they go under the sea or something? You know Jason and the Argonauts? No. <laughs> 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 Argonauts were a band of heroes in Greek mythology Who in the years before the Trojan War Accompanied Jason to Colchis In his yeah. quest to find the golden fleece
3: oh, Well done, Dave well, well, You know other things golden Golden <laughs> tonsils, golden fleece Golden
0: fleece, which I'm wearing right now
3: Yeah, I know, you are
2: blinding <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that <laughs> It was outrageous, quite ostentatious to rock up to, to the podcast <laughs> wearing this. But I mean, if you got it, flaunt it.
3: No, please don't.
2: go <laughs> cover up or go shirtless. Skin, thank you. Fleece or skins, what do you reckon? Let's do a shirt
3: and skins podcast. <laughs> not your value,
0: Dave. Well, I know it's not my value, <laughs> but uh, thank God for that. <laughs> thank God for that. Uh, Carlos also kind of followed Smith. Uh, in a way to become a counsellor and track and field coach at Palm Springs High School in California. So, they followed similar career paths after the Olympics. In the decades after the 68 Olympics, Smith and Carlos would have what Smith described as a strained and strange relationship. According to the Smithsonian, Carlos says uh, he actually let Smith pass him in 1968. (laughs) Because, quote, Tommy Smith wouldn't have never put his fist in the sky had I won the race. Smith, who won the race in a world record 19.83 seconds, dismisses that claim as nonsense. And I, yeah, I, well, who knows? Mm. But I feel like, if I was going to have a guess, I'm with Tommy Smith on this one. Yeah. Just watching the race, it didn't, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah,
2: the fact that it was. World record time. Yeah. He hadn't let him
0: go. Yeah, yeah.
2: Right? Otherwise, what what was he thinking that he could shave two seconds (laughs) off the world record? (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: um, I've seen uh, quite a few times that uh, the the Aussie man, uh, Peter Norman, has said he didn't think anyone could have beaten him without a motorbike. (laughs) 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 Smith is so fast, couldn't beat him without a motorbike. Yeah. And that's fast.
3: Imagine once he saw segues. (laughs) I would have blown his mind.
0: (laughs) Both men insist they have no regrets about 1968. I went up there as a dignified black man and said, what's going on is wrong, Carlos says. Their protest, Smith says, was a cry for freedom and for human rights. We had to be seen because we couldn't be heard. It's a pretty great quote. Yeah. Norman faced backlash of his own. Norman, the, the Aussie man, um, for his part in the protest. Such a low-key part, but, he, uh, but it was seen as being huge by um, the other athletes. As just, He was just standing with them, basically. He didn't put his fists in the air. He wore the badge. It's a very subtle sort of way to be involved, but he did face backlash all the same. He was keen to compete at the 1972 Munich Olympics, but according to Norman, despite qualifying multiple times for the 100 and 200-metre sprints, The Australian Olympic Committee decided not to send him uh, on some sort of technicality. I think they said he was injured at a certain time and instead they sent no sprinters. What? As if they'd sent any, they'd have to send him. This is according to Norman. Yeah. Uh, At that point, he says he was ranked number five in the world. So probably could have got a run. Could have done pretty well again. Yeah, which seems like an odd decision for the Australian Olympic Committee to make. Mm. He quit athletics that day. The day found that out. Shit. And took up amateur footy in the in the uh, Victorian Amateur League. Um, so, yeah, I didn't even connect that. So they all all three went on to footy afterwards. I mean, the VAFA and the NFL, slightly different <laughs> standards, but still.
3: It makes sense, though. If you've spent so much time training and that's such a huge part of your life, how do you just stop? You know, you may as well funnel that into something else. Yeah. Unless you want to stop, then stop. Yeah, that's fine too.
2: You do you. Yeah, but if you've done it every day, Yeah, exactly. You're right. It's like it's
3: swimmers, just... like they train insane hours and then once you retire and you retire young, it's like you're, you're so used to exercising so much that if you just stop, it's going to be such a shock to the system. Right.
2: Yeah, often they put on weight and things, don't they? Because it's like you usually you're burning through thousands and thousands of Absolutely. kilojoules and now you're not getting up at... F- three yeah and, swim. and
3: swimming for three hours and then going to school and then going and swimming for another three yeah, hours you know it's their training is insane it's a
0: big change uh this is still on norman from history.com uh, all good things must come to an end uh, he died without being acknowledged for his contributions to the sport though he kept his silver medal he was regularly excluded from events related to the sport even when the Olympics came to Sydney in two thousand, he was not recognised. Uh, That's awful. And so at at that point, and still now, that his time in that race is still the Australian record, and he wasn't acknowledged. No,
3: Still nineteen sixty eight. There it's were people the involved record. with
0: it, like wait, wasn't he? Sure, he was. And others, but it seems like it's 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 got to be on purpose, right? Yeah. It's either a bigger oversight or people in the committee thirty two years later were holding a grudge about him standing there wearing a badge yep. for equality. It's such a weird thing for people to be upset about. Yeah. You want everyone to be treated equally. Yeah. You're a, you're you, a monster. You'll never run in this <laughs> yeah. town
3: again. What are you talking about?
0: Uh, but I haven't written about this, but I did hear about the, um He's very well respected, mm-hmm. or at least he was in the American athletics world. And even though he wasn't even invited officially to the Australian Olympics by the organizers, an American did invite him. He bought him flights. Mm-hmm. He let him. He gave him his hotel room to stay in. He said, "Hey, I've got, you're coming as a guest of honor to the." Michael Johnson's birthday party tonight, and he was like the world star in the 200 metres that time. Michael Johnson met him, and he's like, ah, I'm a big fan. All all the team members seemed to know who he was, and he's like, I didn't think anyone knew much about me. Um, But he found that he'd he'd made a real big impact in the American athletics world. Mm. And they really, um, I think, made him feel pretty good uh, during the 2000 Olympics when the Australian... Um, Olympic Committee did not.
2: I'm glad he got to have some involvement.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was uh, at the 1956 Olympics as a boy because he was from Melbourne. That's the hometown Olympics. Apparently, he got in um, by... He rocked up. He didn't have a ticket. And he saw a guy loading up a... Like he had a pie van. And he goes... I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, oh, can I give you any help or anything? And the pie man was like, I see what you're doing. He goes, you can have one of these pie trays, sell pies, go in. If you sell any, bring me the money back and give me the. just chuck the pie tray back in the van before you go. But yeah, you go and have fun. Sort oh, of thing. that's so cool. I went in and he, and he did that for a couple of days in a row. He stole 26 pies.
2: <laughs> Every day. <laughs> yeah.
3: Didn't sell one. He'd just go in and put the pie tray straight down.
0: <laughs> that's a great story. When Norman died in 2006, Carlos and Smith, who had kept in touch with Norman for years, were pallbearers at his funeral. That's mm. beautiful. Yeah, so they flew... I think Norman's nephew... Yeah, flew, flew them down, out. And they spoke really kindly there as well. I think they be, they remained... I don't know, they were super close friends because of distance, but they...
3: Stay in contact. They
0: stayed in contact and remained uh, friendly. Um, you could hear that they all had a lot of respect for each other. Um... It took until 2012 for the Australian government to apologise for the treatment Norman received in his home country. But this is still from uh, history.com. But even though it cost him his career and much of his happiness, Norman would have done it over again. I won a silver medal, he told the New York Times in 2000. But really, I ended up running the fastest race of my life to become part of something that transcended the Games. (laughs) According to the conversation, the website, there are two statues commemorating the salute in America. Quote, one of them is at the new National Museum of African-American History and Culture in Washington, D.C., which depicts the three sprinters. And the other, quote, was erected in 2005 on the campus of Smith's and Carlos's alma mater, San Jose State University in California. For this piece, the second-place podium was left empty, Norman had declined to be depicted to allow visitors to stand in his place in solidarity with the two Americans. Instead, mm. and you see a lot of photos like that. People take stand, take their photos. Kind of, it's a really great, yeah, it's, it's a, a great like, idea. In, interactive kind of statue. At the statue's unveiling, Norman smokes. Has uh, smoked. He was nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just need something with my hands, you know. <laughs> uh, but he also spoke, saying, "Athletes work an entire lifetime for the privilege." and the honor of standing on an Olympic dais. dais. Why? To hear the adulation of the rest of the world when they stand up there. These two guys gave away that glory in 1968. And San Jose State, you're giving them back that glory today, and I thank you for that. Oh, I that was wow, a, that's I lovely. A really lovely quote. I found this article just before we recorded, and this is only from early in this week. It's off the Bleacher Report. And uh, it quotes an interview that he did yeah, just recently. Um, so I thought I'd just read the whole article. It's pretty short. Uh, Dr. Tommy Smith told Turner Sports' Ernie Johnson on NBA Together that he still receives death threats 52 years after he and John Carlos's human rights salute during the 200-meter medal ceremony at the 1968 Summer Olympics in Mexico City. That is crazy. That's
3: fucking... Why? <laughs>
0: Um, Johnson asked Smith how people viewed him and about the difficulties he endured when he came back home following the games. Uh, He replied, I still receive death threats. And then Johnson replied, hold it, hold it. Dr. Smith, really? And Smith said, oh, yes, that's very easy for me to say because I'm the one that read the letters. I'm the one that answered the phone. I'm the one that was on the streets. Yes, yes, I don't lie. I just tell the truth like it is and I move on and do the best I can to be honest with everybody. Smith then mentioned that uh, his wife tried to report the death threats to police. My wife, when I was in Mexico, this is right back. uh, My wife, when I was in Mexico, received death threats while I was gone. While I was in Mexico City, the police station, even, uh, even she told them what she was going through. They laughed her right out of the station. Smith then added... That he received hate mail as recently as two months ago about the nineteen sixty eight protest. Smith, who called this protest a cry for freedom, won gold despite racing with a pulled groin. That's probably There we go. That's all we needed what was it groin abductor yeah. I love the I, we've learned that I've, I'll never forget that
3: I'm not great with muscles I'm good with bones I'm not good with muscles oh yeah okay. you
0: said you'll never forget it I'd already forgot <laughs> that what was it uh, <laughs> groin yeah. I've heard of the groin <laughs> I have when I was a kid it, I had I had gro- like groin running issues and it was it was the worst very painful and it was pretty chronic it sort of once you get an issue with it it, it can hang around for a while so it's yeah, I mean, that just hammers at home how amazing this run was. Mm. And, yeah, there, I was going to finish with another part from his own website, but maybe I don't need to do it. It sort of does just go back through things again. But it finishes by saying, um, Dr. Smith is the first place and record-breaking medalist has been asked numerous times what he was doing and or thinking in that moment. His response, praying. I was praying underneath the, ble- the bleachers. I was praying on the walk up to the victory stand. And the entire time I was up there, it was not a black power salute, as has been written on numerous occasions. It was a human rights salute, human rights salute, more than anything else. Mm. And I guess that is the end of my report. Wow. About the 1968 human rights salute. There we I'm go. I'm not sure what I'll call this episode. Maybe it'll even be called the 1968 Olympics 200 meter sprint. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, anyway, we can talk about that it's later. Called the salute. Oh, the salute.
3: That's beautiful. The
0: one finger salute. <laughs>
3: yeah. I mean, a lot of Aussies uh, might have heard that story. Australians have a real inferiority complex as well. So any way that we can tie ourselves to anything interesting, by God, we'll do it. Yeah. Um so I've heard I've heard that story only from the context of Peter Norman and how he was involved and people will really hold on to the fact that oh he actually was the one who suggested they wear one glove each so in a way um <laughs> he's the hero there and and you know it, there were consequences for him and he was an amazing person himself um but i knew very little about the two men actively involved yeah and
0: i and that was that came up a lot in a lot of the articles cuz i think peter norman until 10 or so years ago when his nephew put out the documentary that was when um, he started getting his recognition. Mm. But I think it's almost overcorrected. It's like, are yes. we missing the point if we're focusing on the white guy in this story? Absolutely,
3: yeah, yeah. We're going, isn't this white man wonderful? And it's like, no, no, let's, yes, sure. But that's not what it was all about and peter norman wouldn't have wanted us to no, consider him the real hero of this story he
0: interviews so well in this i, I and th- that documentary i mean probably for obvious reasons it focuses on him it was mm. made by his nephew uh and it is really good but yep. um yeah it's i think it's it, it's uh he speaks so well and i yeah i would assume that he would not enjoy it um ending up that way yeah he, like i mean he like he did with the statue, he's like thinking that, yeah. chose to not even be represented in it. Um, if he had the choice, he's but
3: saying thanks for doing this for them. It's not about him yeah. even then.
0: So I, yeah, I, I did have that thought as I was uh, reading. I'm like, I, that, I, there was pl- plenty more of his story that I could tell, yep. but also plenty more of, of the other two. But in, story.
3: yeah, interesting to look at you know the race and the 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 Olympics as a whole. I didn't know. I was almost embarrassed at the start that I didn't know about the massacre and and things like that. It was a long time before I was alive. Yeah,
0: and it was covered up for apparently quite a long time until the the full weight of it really came out. That's wild. Great story. It's the kind of thing, it's the kind of report that hopefully Dave will do one day and we can really learn all about it.
2: Hmm. Hint, hint.
3: (laughs) But no, a great story. And yeah, I didn't know as much about... um, about those two guys, so it was nice to hear a bit
0: about them too. Yes, and that, and just the fact that it's never really comes up that he was the far, he, a world-beating yeah. world record holder. He uh, Tommy Smith. He just seems like a real, real nice guy as well. We talk.
3: Love a him. grown man that still goes by Tommy too. Yeah,
0: with an IE you know? too. Oh,
3: Tom- okay, yeah, like bit different.
0: And That's jo- fun. John Carlos is great too. I re- yeah, I I enjoy them all.
3: It'd be better if he was Johnny Carlos obviously, but um
0: Johnny Carl and uh <laughs> PD Norman. Petey Norman. <laughs> Wild. Like you just think cuz we we just don't Australia, as a country we don't have sprinters. <laughs> so that's why that's the, that's, That is one I of mean, the wildest on. things the, I was gonna
3: say Sherves Who made
0: who, We never made a final Did he in the Olympics We've
3: got some hurdlers Surely Sherves Yeah had some decent hurdlers Good hurdlers
0: Jana Pittman
3: Sally Pearson Yeah, yeah Sally Pearson
2: she, She's like the best
0: Yeah she's very good But um I think yeah that's why it's so wild that he wasn't invented the 2000 Olympics Australia's greatest ever sprinter invented <laughs> or invited
3: Yeah exactly he still holds the record decades later and yeah. you don't you don't honor him
0: I should double check that <laughs> but that's what they said well that, I mean that documentary was 10 years old so that <laughs> yeah. was 10 years ago but I but mean the- who's name an Australian sprinter in the last 10 years Um I don't keep my eyes on the athletics as much as maybe I should.
3: I love the aths.
0: Yeah, did you you got into it a bit growing up?
3: Probably because I I I liked doing it myself. Right. So I did watch a lot of athletics. Um, yeah, but no, not not so much of late. What are my favorite favorite events to watch at the Olympics? Swimming, um, gymnastics. Oh yeah. I look away when they land, but apart from that, love gymnastics.
0: If. Uh, anything that Roy and HG are commentating. <laughs> I'm in. No, great report, Manny. Thank yeah, you it for is sharing. still held by Peter Norman.
3: That's wild.
0: Amazing.
2: Sorry, Shervs. yes,
0: What's that, 52 years ago?
3: That's fucking mental. Was he quite old when he died? Do you remember?
0: No, he was quite young, actually. Was he? he?
3: was 64, oh, I think. Oh, No.
0: Yeah, 64.
3: So he was a, quite a young man at the Olympics too then.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah. So he was born in 42. So he's, well, you know, that's probably standard running age. I reckon that's what maybe the peak of Olympic fashion as well. The 68 They'd track be little suits. shorts. Are they so tracksuits? Yeah. yeah I'm right thinking the it. running
3: shorts.
2: So Matt's just showing us the iconic photo. I think one of the reasons that I didn't know about the, the socks is that they are covered up by officials oh, in, that angle. in that angle.
0: Yeah, yeah I there are you'd other angles that. of it. I mean, there's also the the man who took the photo. There's, a, I could have talked a bit about him. He he didn't even think it was a big deal as he took it. He, there's quite a few people got the shots, but he got the best ones, fully showing um, uh, everything. It's the most iconic one, the one that you've probably seen. Mm. And he, yeah, he didn't think of it as a big deal, apparently. He didn't seem to notice the crowd was reacting in any particular way.
3: Well, it didn't seem quiet to him because it was just like <laughs> <laughs> to yes. his camera and the other 50 photographers around him. It was very loud.
0: Uh, yeah, there there's yeah. heaps of stuff to read and watch on this. If you want to get more to the story, as always, there'll be links in the show notes. There are multiple documentaries. The one I watched was the one that a, a few of uh, our listeners who suggested the topic that was... I think their way into the story, and that's mm-hmm. why they suggested that I watch that one. Um, but there's other ones that I'm keen to watch, some American ones as well. Uh, and maybe if you're interested, you could do the same. Yeah, go on. Go on. Go, have on. A go. Have nah, go. No pressure. Anyway, that brings us to everyone's favourite section of the show—the fact, quote, or question section—and it has a little jingle that goes a little something like this:
3: A fact, quote, or question. Bing.
0: He always remembers the ding. <laughs> Uh, Now, to get involved in this section, you get involved at patreon.com slash do go on pod. Link in the show description. Loads of rewards. Loads. Oh, name them.
2: Three bonus episodes per month are up for grabs there. Including a Patreon-only podcast called Phrasing the Bar. Where we go through the films of uh, everyone's favourite actor, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> we do bonus reports. There's like, I think about se- over 70 bonus episodes there you can sink your teeth into. But there's also the Facebook group, which is a lot of fun. You can um, vote on the topics. Two out of three of the r- the reports are voted for by them. So you really get to influence the show. You we- get a newsletter. Yes, there's a fantastic newsletter this week. Very food-based. Yes.
0: So good. I've started fun? giving my album of the week. Yeah. Been and, enjoying that. Um, yeah, there's so much. I think there's more stuff. I can't even think of it all. But if you get on the Sydney Scheinberg Deluxe Memorial Edition, rest in peace level, you uh, get all of those things that Dave just mentioned, as well as getting to give us a factor quote, or a question, and then I read them out on the show for the first time. I don't do any pre-reading, so you could really bloody send me up. You could dack me, metaphorically <laughs> yes! speaking.
3: Yes, no, literally.
0: Matt,
3: stand up. Your bum's on fire. I read it. Fire. It's a
0: question. Will you dack yourself? <laughs> yes. Oh no. Oh, no. oh, no. They got me.
2: <laughs> <A boing. laughs> Pants around his
0: ankles. Yep. Uh, so people who give us a factor quote or a question also get to give themselves a title. We'll go th- we normally go through about four a week. First off this week, we've got one from Jai Smith. We've all met Jai a few hey, live Jod. shows. We have. What a Hello. man. What a man what a He's man, given man. himself the title of Vice President of Mick Muffs. Mike Muffs. <laughs> <laughs> you don't pre-read these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, like you didn't really believe that to be true. <laughs> We've, I've got I've got all these sheets printed off with notes <laughs> and like pre-written <laughs> jokes, <laughs> <laughs> Mick muffs.
2: <laughs> I mean, uh, bracket. Mike wait for laugh. laughs. <laughs> uh, Mike muffs. Thanks, uh, Jai. But um,
0: Jai's asked us a question this week.
2: I was going to say that the, well, the mics we're using don't have muffs, so I don't know if he needs to have a, a word to the president. Yeah, these are muffless.
0: Jai, could you? If there's been any plosive problems this week, then um, <laughs> it's because you haven't been doing your goddamn job. Anyway, Jai. Asks the question, if you had to rename Australia's states, what would you call them and why? Oh.
1: Well,
3: you know what? The Okay, the East Coast has like, I guess, interesting names for want of a better word. Yeah. But then it's just uh, that one, South Australia, it's Western <laughs> Australia, Northern Territory. You know, give them something a bit of fun.
2: <laughs> I reckon <laughs> if I was to rename them, I'd... <laughs> I would play a prank on Australia. Oh, well. Western would you do? Australia becomes South Australia. South Australia is now Western Australia. Northern Territory, still Northern Territory. Just so when you look at it, you're not that confused. Right. So people lull into a false sense of security. Right. Queensland becomes Canada, uh-huh. New South Wales, Jai's house. Yep. Uh, Jai's
3: house, Wales. <laughs>
2: and, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, New
0: Jai's house.
2: Wales. Wales. <laughs> <laughs> Victoria and Tasmania. Swap names.
3: Love that. We'd be Tasmanians. Yeah. What do you think? I like Fantastic. that. That's a bit of fun.
0: I'm okay with that. So, pranked you, Western Australia and South Australia? Got them. Got them a beauty. Yeah. It would be so much easier to, for us to do than America, for instance, with their 50. Yeah. I would say I'd just name them all after great St. Gilda players. <laughs> um, oh, there it is. Yeah. Nicky Winmar from Western Australia, Western Australia, Winmar land. That sounds yep. pretty good. Winmar.
2: Uh, just Winmar sounds good. Winmar. Winmar's all yeah, right.
0: Winmar's great. Um, Ben Long, current players from the Northern Territory, call it Longland. like that. Love that. Uh, who else have we got? Tasmanians. Daryl Baldock's from down there, I believe. Oh, Baldock. Baldock, that's, Baldock that's yeah. These
3: are fucking great. Uh,
0: my all-time favourite, Frankie Peckett's of from course. Victoria. So Peckett? Peckett. Is Peckett enough? Yeah, Peckett's good. Peckett's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh Then you've got who's, who's New South Wales, Lenny Hayes is from up there, so... Hayes Mania.
3: <laughs> Oh, I love that.
0: <laughs> and then Queensland. I know Nick Revolt was born in Tasmania, but he lived, he grew up mainly on the Gold Coast. We'll take it. Revolt. Take that. So, Riewoldt. Riewoldt. Land. Revolt land. Yeah. Okay, great.
3: Love that. Well done. There you go, Joe, That answers your question.
0: Joe, hopefully that is... Exactly the kind of Do you think
2: that Jai's pr- intending to propose a referendum and is uh mm. trying to trying to get some ideas for what we should rename everything?
0: If so, look, give me a call. We can talk through some of those. There's other, there's a lot of options for Victoria. Uh, for other players. Obviously Robert Harvey. Mm. Yeah. Maybe we <laughs> Obviously. Like, yeah.
2: Well you could like rename like Christmas Island or something. Harvey. Oh yeah, Ireland. Harvey Bay,
0: Stewie Lowe as well. <laughs> Harvey Bay. We could call Harvey Bay. Harvey. Yeah, change the e to the a. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. Um, what about uh, this one? Thank you so much, Joe. What Thanks, about jo? this one from Joel Tremblay? Who? <gasps> Any relation? Maybe because his title is the average Canadian, and our friend Alistair Tremblay Birchall is from Canada. <gasps> Joel has given us. A fact. Oh, I love a fact, Joel. I love a fact. Hit us with it, Joel. Joel's fact is John B. Good Enough, which sounds like a completely made up name, won the 2019 Nobel Prize in Chemistry for the development of lithium iron batteries. Is that true, Dave?
2: Well, it's a great name. John <laughs> B. Good Enough.
0: Johnny. And I I think that he is. Johnny B Good Enough. What a great name. John B. Good Enough. <laughs> Fantastic.
2: So good. Yeah. I, honestly, everyone read the nominees and went, just give it to that guy. Give it to John.
3: Yeah. Come I on, it'll be funny when we read it out. Lithium, who cares? I don't care. Who
2: cares? Whatever. Give him, give him the medal.
0: Give him the medal. Someone said his name and John John, be good enough and the other one was like, yeah, you're right. Yes. He is. You're right. Give it to him. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Joel Tremblay. From Tessa Chilcott. Tessa offers us a quote. Uh, Tessa has given herself the title, Creative Director of Isolation and Fashion. Sorry about excessive use of track pants. Never apologize (laughs) for that. (laughs) Sorry for the excessive use of track pants and old tees. We're working on it.
3: (laughs) No, please. You've perfected it. Don't worry. I wore jeans yesterday for the first time in ages. And I was like, what are these prisons? (laughs) I've been wearing a
2: tuxedo in uh, Isolation. Did yeah, Dave's, ne- Dave's a formal dresser. You never know when you're going to be invited to an award ceremony.
3: <laughs> Dave, do you have, like, do you sleep in pajamas?
0: Uh, Yeah, shorts, though. Pajama hmm. shorts. Hmm. Can't picture you in shorts. Really? What about when I we have went to Thailand? Poor imagination. <laughs> when we went to
3: Thailand? <laughs> he had oh, yeah. shorts. Did he have shorts on?
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, I was wearing a tuxedo in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> and it was nice. Quick dry tuxedo. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, Tessa Chilcott has offered us a quote. And that quote is, I'm free of all prejudice. I hate everybody equally. That's from W.C. Fields. Very good. That's nice. Very dry. You've been ripped off a lot since then, I think, W.C. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think that's that's bound to be on a T-shirt.
0: And finally, this one's from Luke Durham. And Luke has titled himself Chief Researcher in the Dugan Archives. Oh, it's good to have Ooh. someone working away down there. Thank God. Toiling in our ant caves It's getting messy in there And this is another quote And this one uh, comes from Terry Pratchett And it says It's vital to remember who you really are It's very important It isn't a good idea to rely on other people Or things to do it for you You see, they always get it wrong That's pretty good
3: That
2: is nice
0: Yeah
3: Terry Pratchett had some good ideas too, I reckon. Remember
2: who you are because other people will get it wrong.
0: That's good. Yeah, you stop relying on other people to, um, for your... um, What do you call that sort of stuff? Your identity or whatever.
3: should probably take feedback though if people are saying you're acting like a real asshole. <laughs> Absolutely no, no, You shouldn't not. be like, no, but this is my identity. <laughs> only I know who I am. I'm a I legend.
0: Am. I'm
2: the best. <laughs> yeah, people are like, you're being an asshole. Well, you've got it wrong. Yeah.
3: I think you'll find
2: I'm the best. <laughs> Terry P said... No, but in essence, that's a lovely quote. Mm,
0: That's good.
3: Ah, love that.
0: So that gets us to everyone else's (laughs) favourite section of the show. If you didn't love that, this is your fave. Oh, this is for you. We thank a few of our Patreons. And uh, Jess, you normally give us a little bit of a game to play here. Yes,
3: I thought of this earlier. What if we gave them their Olympic event?
0: Oh, great. Oh, that's good stuff. Real event? Does it matter?
3: I was thinking real, but you can make one up if you want.
0: Well, not necessarily.
3: Can I kick things off? Please. Well.
2: (laughs) We're very desperate of this episode. Please.
3: We need this. this. I would love to thank, uh, from Preston in Victoria, I would love to thank Alice Carroll.
2: Alice Carroll. That's a nice name, isn't it? It is nice. Well done, Alice. You you nailed it. And Alice Carroll is, of course, a fantastic athlete in the field of... Discus. Oh, discus, nice one. Incredible technique. Oh, really? Yes. Just strange grip, or what are we talking about?
3: Um, yeah, a little unorthodox on the grip, but um uh gets results every time.
2: Wow. Yeah. She, she grips it with her teeth. Yes. Spins around real quick and yeah. just goes, shuck. It's it's actually <laughs> she, she saw a dog with a frisbee and got inspired.
3: Her dentist is so mad. <laughs> But um, but still
2: supportive, right?
3: Of course, of course. But um, When you're good, you're good. The dentist is like, we are going to have to replace your teeth. Um, but in the meantime, you are winning world <laughs> records and I support you. <laughs> so yeah, pretty pretty amazing. And congratulations, Alice.
0: Great work, Alice. Well done, Alice.
3: We'd also like to thank from Redfern in New South Wales. That's in Sydney. Oh, okay. I've heard of it. I would love to thank... Constantina Terrace
0: Constantina Terrace Great name uh, I think Constantina won Constantina. gold in the frog pissing on cotton
3: yes. event Wow Trained the best frogs
0: Yeah Sort of like the equestrian events They're not really doing the work Yeah <laughs> They're just riding a horse well, But they trained case, the horse they're riding to do a frog. that
3: They're riding the frog and the frog then pisses on
0: cotton Yeah <laughs> But it's an accuracy sort of competition. Yeah, yeah. They have, they to, have to draw. Yes, design. Yeah, yeah. Well, It's so
2: quite so beautiful, so actually. It's like artistic. It's like rhythmic gymnastics.
0: Yeah, yes. Art- They yeah, also yeah. have a little ribbon, And oh, a yeah. little frog hand, and a ball. <laughs> yeah. <Wow.
3: laughs> Honestly, there's a lot going on yep. in the in wow. the competition. So many
0: things to judge. <laughs> it's baffling the first time you watch it. Now I feel terrible. You get the hang of it. For
3: giving Alice discus. Yeah, but she did it with her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, you're right. That. Yeah, you're right.
2: Wow, well done. Well uh, done, Constantine. Uh, thank you another couple of legends here? Please. I'd love to thank from uh, Rolly Stone in Western Australia. Rolly Stone. Also known as South Australia in my new country. <laughs> I'd call or the Winmar. state Rolly Stone. <laughs> yeah, from Winmar, Rolly Rolly Stone is good yeah. as well. I would like to, at least a suburb, I'd like to thank uh, Caitlin Turner. Caitlin Turner. Caitlin Turner, who I think is a uh, silver medalist, so second comes right after first, so pretty good. In a hot air ballooning,
1: oh.
3: which I believe
2: was actually at the Olympics very early on. No really? way, yeah. hot air ballooning. What <laughs> yeah. would you have to do? Go up and down real quick.
3: Would it be like a, it's like a long distance race
2: kind of thing? No, maybe I'm thinking that maybe I could do a, a, a bonus episode on maybe
0: weird because I've had some strange events. It's over not here. that much weirder than sailing being in there, right? Well, it's I just guess the wind.
3: How do you control which direction the balloon goes in? Am I going,
2: mate, I've got to look this up just in case I'm not making this up. Yeah, I wonder.
0: You know, I, I can change how, which which direction the air is going sitting around a campfire. If the smoke's blowing at you, you point at it and you say white rabbit and then it'll move to a different direction. Is that right? Yeah. That's so maybe they just that do I that in hot air balloons. Use. Is that not a thing that everyone grew up <laughs> with as a kid?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: no. We well, had the fire inside the house.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> we didn't have to burn things <laughs> in the backyard oh, to stay oh, warm. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> we saw. had a we had a fireplace. It was very bougie. Yeah, so <laughs> many
2: the fireplace was in the backyard.
3: <laughs> On cold nights our mum would go get our PJs and we'd get
2: changed in front of the fire where it was warm. Oh, I love that.
0: That's nice.
2: Uh ballooning, Cozy. ballooning was part of the nineteen hundred Summer Olympics. Nineteen Hundred. It's uh, generally now considered uh, non-official, but the aeronautical pioneer Henry Delavoe set two world records for distance and
0: duration.
3: I reckon bring it back.
0: Br- duration is such a fun record to hold, <laughs> <laughs> but it took ages. Yeah. <laughs> it took the, I took long, the took- longest. I did it for ages.
2: <laughs> well, he was the best until Caitlin Turner from WA
0: came in and yeah. smashed yeah. it. Yeah.
2: Thank you so much. I'd also like to thank now... Taking things overseas to London. London. Would ah, I'd like
0: to Lolo Town.
2: like to thank uh, Lolo
0: Land. <laughs> I wonder if they've ever called themselves that. They should.
2: I, I think they should. And uh, I'd like to thank Amy Casey. Amy Casey.
0: Amy Casey. Uh, Amy Casey uh, won in calculator sports. So oh, wow. She can type boobies. Yeah, she could type any Any word. Yeah. Any word. Any word. <laughs> You just have to spin it upside down. Yeah. Yeah, real skills. And she could do it fast.
2: Yeah. That's really incredible.
0: Accuracy and, over a long and speed.
3: Yeah, but also sl- slowly. That is. <laughs> yeah, she can. She can do yeah, it all. She'll do a marathon of it. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Wow. She
0: was called the, the wizard of, of, cal- of calculating. Yep really that mean, yeah that
2: really flows <laughs> yeah, so like yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: oh my goodness She's the uh the countess of, cal- of calculus oh, that's, that's, that's good. better but it makes less sense anyway um, anyway
2: something for you there amy casey <laughs> thanks for uh, supporting the show
0: <laughs> thank you so much amy sorry for that um <laughs> i'd love to thank if i may please um from dudley in england dudley dudley mark harris
2: Mark Harris Mark Harris uh, He holds the world record Well actually No sorry Olympic record For our uh, fastest time To uh, change a flat battery In his mum's car Oh, oh wow. wow We're not talking a tyre We're talking a battery Take the, Took the whole battery
0: out Changed it She was on her way to the shops Had a hairdresser's appointment mm. oh, oh so it's in It's, it's in, in real life sort of thing Yeah for sure No you just mail in a video Of what you've done Right And they uh, calculate it Because that, uh, that is stiff If your mum doesn't drive you
2: know? Well, I'm a f- I mean, there are landlocked countries that uh, <laughs> they've got they don't have as much access to to lakes or ocean
0: for sailing. We don't say anything about could that. Could we have? Could we not just have someone else playing the role of mum with flat battery?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's this is the first ever time, and that's where the event came from. Oh okay. He was the uh, first ever. How quickly about. did he do it? Uh, six minutes.
3: Six minutes changing your battery. Yes. I don't know if that's fast or slow.
0: Yeah, I, I remember where I was the day that someone beat the six-minute mum. Yeah, that was a, <laughs> what a barrier!
2: And can I just say, she made it down and got her hair curled. She looked fantastic. She got a perm. Do you got a perm?
0: Oh my word! This event was very 80s. Thank you so much. very happy. That's a very wow. happy. Wow, Mark Harris. Congrats, well done, Mrs. Mark. Harris. I'd also love to thank from Tracy in California. In the United States, Trevor Hammond.
3: Trevor Hammond is the world and Olympic record holder at car flipping.
0: Oh. Like in, like
2: as in like can do it up and sell it on. <laughs> <Or>
3: <laughs> <laughs> that is something a bloody
2: rich boy like you would say. He goes to pick Daddy, up- let's
3: flip some yachts this
2: summer. <laughs> but he goes to pick apart. Sees a broken down Nissan Pulsar.
0: Does it up, sells it for a tidy little profit.
2: No, I meant more like he can physically
3: flip a car. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Or like onto its lid or onto back onto its wheels?
3: Full flip. Uh, well, there's two different events. Well, there's a few different events. Obviously, there's the distance yeah. flipping, so you're just constantly rolling the car. So maybe some momentum there can definitely help. There's there- got to
0: be an easier way to move a car. <laughs>
3: What's the type of... Um, <laughs> it's like he has... No, them, but it doesn't have a battery. Never, right.
0: Yeah, And, need, it's, and the bark. handbrake is bark. stuck on. Yeah. yeah.
3: So he just flips it. Um, what's, the, what's the weightlifting event? Something in snatch?
0: Clean and jerk and clean snatch. And jerk? Snatch is just one, isn't it? Yeah, clean it's and jerk and snatch. And snatch.
3: So the clean and jerk is basically that you flip it. It's, it's a, a normal car as it is. You flip it onto its lid and then over again. Yeah. In quick succession. So
2: the clean is onto the lid, jerk is back onto That's the wheels. That's right. God.
3: Snatch is just flip it fully, 360. Wow. Yeah. Less so people can do that.
0: Someone must have noticed before that if you change around a jerk and clean, it totally changes its meaning. It is the sexiest of the <laughs> Olympic events. Maybe they haven't and maybe they shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> clean and jerk, you're doing it in the wrong order, man. <laughs> you? you can't, can you, you can't <laughs> clean before you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you should claim before you jerk and after <laughs> Just keep, oh. it, keep it clean yeah, right. <laughs> I should have saved the mint for after <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well thanks to everyone that supports the show there um, We truly appreciate that There's only one thing left to do And that is to see if there's anyone uh, That's going to be welcomed into our Trip Ditch Club this week Which is people that have been supporting the show At the Shoutout level or above for three straight years. Without dropping off, we appreciate these people. And they've already had a shout out earlier on, like the six people we just read out. But just to, uh, to thank them once again for their ongoing support, we've created a little club. And yeah. it actually is a club. It's a lounge. We've got a lounge. There's drinks. There's live music. There's a velvet rope. There's yep. already a bunch of people in there.
3: We've, got, um, we've just put in, actually, pretty exciting. We've just put in those sleeping pods. Oh, whoa. I love a nap. Yeah. Because I love a nap. Yeah, we all we're
2: all three of us are big fans of. So apps.
3: we've each got our own. Because um, I'm in there a lot, but then <laughs> there are plenty of others that you can um, hire. Mm. I say hire out. We don't charge you anything, but just pop your name down.
0: Yeah, so we got a booking. We got a Google. <laughs> yeah, you got
3: you got to book yourself in. Have a kip.
0: That's great. Yeah. Well, I, can I put myself down?
3: Yeah, you've already got your own one.
0: Oh great! You I'll have one, own. please.
3: Yes, Matt, I've given you, you've got one.
0: Where do I, do I have to? Oh, my God. Is there a form or? <laughs> no,
3: a, I've put a little plaque on it. It says Matt Stewart.
0: Okay. Do not disturb. Well, I'll ask a manager if they've got okay. any further info.
2: <laughs> if it was easier
0: for you, I could rename yours Winmar. Oh, I see. it. Yeah. Oh, Nikki Winmar. Tism wrote a song about him. Really? Father and son. Winmar, Winmar, Winmar to Locket. That's how you become immortal. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we break down Victoria into different places. So Lockett is in the sort of in the Ballarat area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you've got um Peckett. Oh, actually so Packet down on the uh, the Mornington Peninsula. Packetchula. Pet Packetchula. <laughs> uh <laughs> Packetchula. Anyway, we do have one inductee into the Triptych Club. Did and you tell us what no, uh, who's playing this week? Uh
2: this week we are very very lucky to be joined live Ooh. by none other than the boss himself, Bruce Springsteen. Whoa. No way. A little treat for Matt.
0: Thank you so much for getting him down. That's exciting.
2: Wow. So, I've uh, seen
0: him a couple of times in huge outdoor shows. One at an, an outdoor arena and one at a, at the, at a hill at a uh, hanging rock. Okay. But never inside a little club. That'll be a real thrill. What's he playing? Just... A bit of everything? Yeah, a bit of everything. Is he doing the classic thing where he just takes a, a, uh, requests from the crowd if they hold up banners?
2: Yeah, for sure. And uh, in, our, in our small room, there's basically
0: everyone has their own banner. Oh, so that's a yeah, that's everyone a gets a go. That'll be annoying for sight lines, but... Um. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean, it's more of a personal experience. Bruce just points to you and you, you
0: go, all right, whip out my banner. Yeah. All right, what Bruce song do you request when he points at you, Jess?
3: Um... um Oh, mean. Dave, born to run. Yeah, damn it! That's what I was gonna say. Can I? Can I go again? Yeah. Born to run.
2: Oh,
0: we're okay. gonna hear that twice. <laughs> I'd like the uh, stripped back a cappella version. I don't yes. know what I pick. It's a tough call. Tough question. Yeah. I, I refuse to answer it.
3: You asked it. That's unfair. I damn don't know. It. Maybe,
0: maybe made the us, river. You made us look like idiots. Yeah. Maybe.
3: I'd say I'd do up there, Kazali.
0: I've I've seen him do. <laughs> Thunder Road once, but he did it like a stripped down version. I'd love to see the full East Street band version of Thunder mm. Road. Oh, we live. got the whole band. We got the whole band. Oh, oh wow, great. Amazing. Good they on they us. All came down.
1: Good
3: on us. They've got their own
0: sleep pods. Fantastic.
3: So we've got one inductee.
0: One inductee <gasps> Is <there> from a... <laughs> Los Angeles in California. They should call that Lolo Land. Um, <laughs> wow. From from Lolo Land in the United States. <laughs> I'd love to induct in Sydney Scott.
3: Sydney Scott, welcome, welcome, in.
0: welcome. Enjoy the boss.
2: Yeah. Is it there is. A, is there a canopy here? Oh yeah, we've got little mini hot dogs. Oh yum,
0: that's yep. good. Bruce Springsteen food, right? Exactly. Love hot dogs
3: and chippies and beer. It's uh, like going to the baseball.
0: Um. Anyhow, welcome aboard, Sydney Scott. You bloody legend. Thanks so much, Sydney
2: Scott. And to everyone that's enjoying the the music of Bruce Springsteen in the tributes Club this week, and if you want to join them, you can one more time go to Patreon.com/slash do
0: go on pod. I'd love to tweet tweet at us what your um what your Bruce Springsteen request would be. Mine are pretty boring in the end, really. Love to hear. I went in when I first saw him with four. I'm like, these are the four I want to hear. And he didn't play any of them. And they <laughs> were four big songs as well. I'm like, I'd be a chance to see all of these. The night before, he played two shows at the same uh, place at Hanging Rock. night before, he played all four. Of course he did. <laughs> oh! He mixes up his set list so much that you just, you never know what you're going to get. Because he just takes requests. The second time I saw him, halfway, it was an hour into the show. And he goes, all right, we're going to play Born in the USA in full. Then he played his whole '80s album, like big, huge hit album, one of his many, and then played another hour after that. Again, he played for three hours.
3: Oh my god! Wow.
0: It was fantastic. So I, f- I did get to see uh, one of my big four that night because he played that whole album, which is he played Glory Days.
3: Far out! That's a long time to play. Yeah. I get too tired.
0: Me too. Yeah. yeah. No Tom Morello you. was guesting on guitar that night as well. Oh, my God. He was on that tour. Anyway. Anyway. That brings the end of the show, but I would love to hear people's boss requests.
2: Yeah. Mm. Let us know. And you can also let us know any other stuff by tweeting us at Dougal on Pod or hitting us at DugawonPod on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, DugawonPod at gmail.com. Oh, we haven't even mentioned the web series, have we? We've been uh, putting out a web series over the last couple of months. There are now seven episodes up. There's two more to go. And we'd absolutely love if you could check it out.
3: Yeah, we've had a lot of fun with them. A lot of people have put in a lot of work. So we would love it if you would go and give them a watch and share them around and just enjoy them.
0: Yeah, make everyone watch it. Yeah, force people. Make them. And that's on the uh, stupid old channel on YouTube. (laughs) If you win an Olympic gold medal, use your time on the podium to play... That clip (laughs) of one of those videos.
2: You're holding a laptop, (laughs) pointing to the screen and giving a thumbs up to the camera.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, do that, please. Uh, Honestly, if you want to go home to a backlash in your home country, that might be a sure way to
3: do it. That would have been a funny game to play with the patrons of what would they spend their one minute doing. But (laughs) instead, we gave them amazing world records. Yeah,
0: and honestly, I kind of think that uh, Smith and Carlos probably, they probably nailed it. Yeah. They got it right the first time. But in terms of their event, running for 200 metres. Whatever. That could be zhuzh. (laughs) And and I think we did that. That could do with the zhuzhing. Mm, We zhuzh to the extreme.
2: (laughs) Uh, We'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, We've got a couple more to come out and then uh, we go to the live stream. So if you want to get involved, watch us live and then also get the bonus stuff, the quizzes, the live 250th bonus party, all that sort of stuff. There's another link in the description of this episode. But until next week, I'll say thank you very much for joining us. And until then, goodbye. Bye.
3: This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you.